welcome to Breakfast At, a podcast dedicated to creating safe, no-judgment spaces for open-minded men to talk and be heard, engage and reflect, all while enjoying breakfast from some of the best locally-owned spots in town. On this episode, we are downtown once again at another local gem in the heart of Sioux Falls, Josiah's. I am joined by Darren Voss and Michael Huber. Breakfast for me today was a lovely steak and pepper omelet. So, welcome to Breakfast At. We usually do a around the table introduction. Um, we usually have the pers- first person who's new here start. So, if you would like to introduce yourself, introduce yourself and um, give us kind of a brief idea as to what you do. And sure. Okay, sure, sure. Well, Michael Huber, and uh, uh, I'm a financial advisor is the, is the profession I've, uh, I've chosen. So I've been in finance almost all my life. I was an accountant first. I was a controller over at Hager Steel and then uh, had the opportunity to um, uh, switch careers because my, my wife uh, took me off to Vermont for uh, her uh, fellowship. So I switched careers into financial advising, which is something I always wanted to do and uh, started that journey. And there it is. That looks good. Power. Power bull. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's, I guess, that's uh, a, a small, uh, a small uh, portion. Uh, but I grew up, I did grow up in Sioux Falls. <laughs> My dad ran a business on the east side. And uh, I've left uh, three, three separate times and come back, uh, continued to come back. And, and, and somehow Sioux Falls continues to grow on me more and more each time I come it back. Is I like it. I do like it better and better. Thank you. Good. No, yeah. thank you. Thank you, sir. Grateful to have you here. Thanks. I also have Darren. Darren Voss. Howdy. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and myself, Carl Frederick Allen III. Um, grateful to have this group here. We have you here, Mike. It's a new part of. So, definitely grateful. Um, we would. I would definitely like to dive into the financial side of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, usually we will start with wins or lessons and wins, um, sharing the idea of what we have experienced, the lessons that we have learned. Don't like calling them losses because it makes it seem a little bit defeative versus calling them lessons because you can learn from them. Um, do you have any lessons or wins that you can share from this week? From this week? This week. Hmm. Uh, well, well um, I also do do a little bit of consulting because, uh, because of my accounting background. I, I consult for a, an accounting or a bookkeeping company. And, um, and so I and I, I do a little bit of coaching in the, in that in those sessions. Somewhat I'm the I'm what's called the integrator. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book uh, uh, Traction. And so we follow this traction method, and you have an integrator that is the, like a facilitator of the meeting. 
so I've been doing that for uh, at least two years for them. And then I picked up doing a little coaching, and they had a personnel issue, and so uh, I was able to in introduce some, some of my coaching technique or I don't hate to say techniques but tools and uh, and and I think it really was uh, it was really impactful uh, because uh, there's a there's a person that, that, that just got a, a problem and so I was able to help coach the the CEO and, and say you know maybe this will be something that'll help you in your session with this this employee tomorrow and, and I think it was I think it was a we had a real good meeting around that where typically the end of the meetings when, when you're talking about an issue with someone sometimes they can you can leave on kind of a flat tire but I think we found like hey well we got we got some air in the tire at least it's not we're not completely you know, flat here and, and maybe maybe things will work out with this employee it's not I don't know it's yet not whether not. it's gonna yeah. gotcha. you know, Hmm. Yeah, so that was a big win for me. Nice. No, that's a, something about the struggle of being, the concern of being on the on the rim, because that's not where you want to be. And if you can get even just a little bit of air, that means it's, it's holding something. Yeah. So you can probably show back up again and get a little more air in there, maybe have a full tire by the, you know. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Darren. I want to know about your weekend, man. Last weekend, <laughs> I want to know about this amazing, if you're willing to share. Yeah. I would love to hear about the experience you had last weekend. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess the quick summary to bring everybody up to last weekend was early, is early, very late November, early December. I met a gal online, and uh, we've been... I mean, this weekend was our fourth interaction person to person with each oh, other, yeah. wow. and so she lives in the Twin Cities, and this was her first. I've so we met in person the first day after Christmas for coffee because my family lives up in the Twin Cities and we were up there for Christmas, and so we was like, hey, we might as well get together for coffee since I'm in your neck of the woods, and then I've been to visit her twice, and then this last weekend was her first weekend in Sioux Falls. Well, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, we, we, I mean, I could bore everybody with the things of how much we get along and how much we have in common. I mean, that's just the high level details. But uh, I mean, we had a great weekend. She, she brought her cat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she normally brings if she goes out of town, she brings her cat to her parents' house. But her parents are out of town, so, uh, so I'm like, hey. Did you pass bring, the cat test? Bring Izzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I passed it the first time we met. So, That's fair. Yeah, yeah you said that. That's yeah, awesome. Izzy seemed to be at home in my home, so that was good. Um, she got she got to town about 4.30 on Friday and just got her settled in and then made supper. Just made a quick stir-fry on the Blackstone and we had some mahi-mahi with that. And then we went climbing at Frontier. Yeah, well, she's a, she's got her own climbing equipment and whatnot, so she's pretty good. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. That was fun. And then <laughs> it was a co-worker was at the gym, Hannah, our baker at the co-op, and she she wanted to belay me, and I was a bit nervous about that, but we gave it a go, and she successfully belayed me. And nice. Went, she's at least 100 pounds lighter than I am. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. And Saturday, we just kind of... Just kind of hung out and had coffee in the, at my house in the morning and just chatted. And then we embarked on a few different adventures. We 
where we go? We went to the co-op, hung out. She's wanted to get into a little more gardening, so we talked to Jonah, our produce manager. Um, on some, he's 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 quite the gardener, so give her some tips and tricks. Wow. And then we went to Sanaz for lunch. Mm. And very Sanaz. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> then we then we just kind of then it started. You know, we kind of had planned little outdoor plans to go for a walk or something, but it started to rain. So we just kind of, I just kind of drove around town and just showed her things of Sioux Falls, showed her various places that I've worked, uh, things that I've done. We witnessed a high-speed chase. Oh wow! Yeah, we seriously, pulled, we pulled off. We were gonna pulling off onto uh, from a side street onto 26th Street, heading east. Okay. And about 15 seconds after I pulled off on the road, there was a silver car that goes zinging down the turning lane at at least 80. Wow. And then there was two patrol cars behind him just then but they didn't they had their lights on but they didn't have their sirens on and so like that's why it just felt like it came out of nowhere like i mean you know i looked in my rearview mirror and i saw it just for the blink of an eye and then they were past me yeah they didn't but that was kind of scary that was really scary to be honest that's fair yeah um, that's if you don't see it coming like that yeah, yeah. um then we let's see we just kind of hung out drove around then we went back to my house and got i had some another a good friend and his wife came over for dinner. They live in Rapid City, but were in town for the weekend for their um, members of the Air National Guard, and they had guard drill. Mm. Um, so then they came over for dinner, and we had a good dinner. And, uh, Sunday, just kind of woke up, and then we went to... So I, I'm currently attending two churches. We went to Embrace Church uh, to go check that out, and then to Community. To check that out, then went to my parents' house for lunch, and just kind of hung out a little bit more in my house, and then off she went. How did your parents receive her? I imagine it was very well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah they said something like, oh, "We can now we can see why you smile so much when you talk about her." <laughs> That's, awesome. That's, awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. That's, That's cool. I, I don't want to say that I don't have any wins. I do. I was able to get Mike here, which was a win in its own. Um, lessons, however, you know, going back to the last conversation we had about communication and being more attentive as a, you know, being in a position where you are managing individuals and the, the necessity of being communicative, uh, being very at least being able to convey as best as you can what it is you're feeling, um, being able to address concerns and doing it in a way where everybody walks away with something and isn't feeling like either their job is in jeopardy or you know, they're being chastised or uh, pointed out for you know, no reason. Um, but even on the other end, me talking to my supervisor, you know, the conflicts that had come up, realizing that the I need to learn better how to accept information and see that the foundation for everything to get better is going to be it's going to be predicated on him and I having a good foundation. The only way we are going to succeed in what we are doing now that, like, our supervisor is gone, the, the lady who was in 
the facilities manager. Um, like has resigned, you mean? She did, yeah, she did. But for better reasons, I think, better quality of life for her on her end, um, which she certainly deserves. Um, but I think it was, I think if him and I can come together and be more tightly knit, uh, as, as my mother had explained to me, a unified force uh, or a unified front, it'll be much easier for us to be able to at least feel like we are stable. We got to a point where, you know, two years ago when I had first started, man, if it wasn't the craziest experience, um, <laughs> all of the fires I had to put out before I got to my position, all of these things that had happened, right? Then getting to the point where we really felt like we were finally in a good space, and then having like these concerns pop up, you know, these these miscommunications, these little things. Um, you know, when I do a, a review of one of my uh, my staff members, and then they don't like the review, and so they go to my boss, and my boss doesn't come and talk to me about the review <laughs> before. You know what I mean? It it has this weird sense of. It puts a weird sense of air, you know, you kind of like, wait, because now I talk to that staff member and they have this chip on their shoulder as if I have been trying to do them wrong, when that's not the case, right? So it's, it's finding those moments where, hey, if, I, if we have this struggle with the staff member, I would love for us to be able to have that communication before we make, uh, before we proceed with an action. And it had been these things in the back of my head, but I sat and, oh, here's a win. I was able to connect with my mom and hear all kinds of cool stuff that she's been into as of late. Good. It was a serious win, right? So, I, yeah, no, there, was, there was a win yesterday, and that was a big one. Um, I struggle with communication. I do. I can talk to anybody, but the cultivation of that relationship, like the consistent building up of that relationship, has been the biggest struggle for me. And I know why. It relates a lot with my transients because of how often I used to move from place to place. I only ever had best friends for about a year, maybe two, and then I'd move to a new school. So I never really had anything concrete. And so my interactions with people have been very uh, touch and go. And so that's almost how I've established a lot of relationships. You are very unique now because the you have shown me the necessity of that and why it's important to have a good foundation with people, why it's important to build a relationship with people. You never know what you're going to find. You'll never know what you learn. Um, and that's what I'm realizing I need to do with my supervisor. Him and I, we need to have that. We have it, and we did have it when I first started, and that was before I had any position that I'm in now. But even in this position, him and I still, we, we need that foundation. Even our other superintendents, we all need to have that foundation. But it just takes time and it takes the effort. And you know, I, I had to be willing to, to secede in thinking I know something, because <laughs> I don't, and say, hey, can we sit and talk? I would really like to reestablish this, this connection really like to rebuild this because as my mom had shown the only thing that's gonna if I have anything that's gonna be our our, our foothold it's gonna be our relationship as as a staff as a group as a as supervisors but 
those were my lessons and wins. And it was, uh, yeah, it all came to uh, head yesterday, which was kind of cool. <laughs> Just, you know, it's strange, man. Talking to my family has been the... It's the hardest thing for me to do. And I don't know why, <laughs> other than just how I've grown up and the things I've experienced you know doesn't mean I don't love them I love my mom to death man but it's like there was a moment in my life where I felt I needed to go somewhere and be and learn for myself and be myself and it's been good and now every time I talk to her it's like man thank you <laughs> just bestowing that onto me and I always walk away with something so yeah it's the, it's the lesson in that one um want to flag now um, I would like to dive into the idea of finance and you know what I would like to have my own kind of you know personal sit down with you and, and dive into something like that um, but I think you have a very insightful perspective from because you've been in finance most of your life it sounds like mm -hmm. yeah what are things that, as an average person, as I call myself at the moment because I feel like I am, that can be done now at the age of 36? Yeah, yeah. That a person can do, even at any age. You know what I mean? What is it that, what are the things that need to be known? You know, as far as credit, building all of this stuff, like what are things that a person should know about finance? Off from the game, you know. You know, uh, I've thought about this a lot, but I haven't really put it into a, a, a that's fair. That's fair. presentation. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I mean, one of the things that that really probably bothered me the most about personal finance, because I was an accountant before, but when I got into this field, I, I just jumped in, okay. got my license, started working with someone, and then. And then just started discovering what the financial industry is all about because I had never really, I had never hired a financial advisor before. I had never pur purchased much for insurance. Besides, I think I had purchased a little term insurance, and I had followed. I had been, a, I had done some stock trading. I, had, I already had, uh, I was in an investment club uh, and stuff. So I mean, I had some tertiary things. But the, the, one of the biggest things that, that frustrated me after I got into it is, is just the levels of non-transparency in the financial industry. And mm. and there, there are sometimes there are some good reasons behind a lot of that, because basically the way the financial industry evolved over time. Yeah. So, for instance, buying stocks. Uh, at the beginning, mm -hmm. when, when you went and bought stocks, the only way that really someone could make any money and, and help you do that was by commissions. So, so that's how that industry started, was with commissions. Well, now we all know you can go online and buy stocks, and you don't have to pay commissions. So, 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 so it's really the, the, the industry has changed a lot, mm. and the, and so like with me, one of the one of the biggest things that I that I don't like is is commissions in any of these fields, mm. insurance fields. You can buy insurance without commissions. You can buy stocks without commissions. Hmm. You can get financial advice without commissions. Wow. And and so 
the, at the higher levels of finance, financial advising, which I was a financial advisor with one of the top top uh, financial advisory firms in the United States. Wow. And so with that firm, we could be we were they were very transparent because we only worked with people that had a quarter of a million dollars or more to invest. And so so that was kind of, you know, when, when you get to that level firm, then the transparency is is right there. Well, below that, most of the financial advisory firms and people that are calling them financial advisory advisors now, yeah. to, to pay themselves, they charge commissions. And, and oftentimes, they, they may disclose those, those commissions, and oftentimes they don't. Ah. And, 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 and then, and, and to me, when, you're, when someone is selling something on commission, you can take the most ethical person. And the problem, though, is, is that the, the industry is going to always make the higher commission items more appealing to the salesperson, to, so therefore to the, the buyer. And so then, then, then the financial person loses a, what we call a fiduciary responsibility and and so I have it on the back of my car I have a quote that says is your advisor a fiduciary because I think that that is really one of the messages that that I didn't know when I first got in the, the person that I worked with she called herself a fiduciary however she did charge commissions when it came to insurance and so she wasn't in my opinion a true fiduciary Okay. And and so, you know, I guess one of the thing, one of one of my top recommendations in in a lot of this is, when you're getting advice, be you have to be so careful of the people out there that are giving advice Mm -hmm. because they have they have a a a a person in the game, and so they it's them they they want they have a financial incentive, and. And and I, I and, and I also understand that I mean that's how the, the financial industry began. Mm-hmm. So that was so I, it's not like I say they're bad people or, or, or you know this person that I worked with I don't think she was a bad person, but that's how the industry has kind of started out. So a lot of times, that's just what you thought you had to do. And when I first started out, I did charge commissions. I I was never very comfortable with it, and so I eventually went independent. So that's one of the, I guess, the first things is being ever so careful of who you get advice from because they they are some of the nicest people around and, and they know that's a part of the the deal is they want to be as nice as they can be and they're gonna they're gonna do you know, car, birthday cards and Christmas cards and and uh, and they're gonna maybe give you a pen <laughs> maybe a pen. Right? <laughs> Pen or even maybe uh, you know, yeah, yeah or, a, or a little calendar for your calendar, desk. Right, yeah, right, right, right. Something. Give you a little tro- a little yeah. token. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even some candy. Something. Oh, and, and, you know, so I, I, um, and, I mean, I could get really deep into a lot of this. Uh, like at the, the office I worked at, yeah. everybody dressed in the nicest clothes. And, and, and to me, that, that also, at first, that... And I think to a lot of the uh, different generation, that does represent, hey, that person is successful, yeah. and I want to work with that person because they're successful. But I look at it now more as it's a, it, it was a tool. It's, mm. it's, it's to show, hey, I have this financial like, success, so 
I can give you financial success, but it it doesn't. I don't know that it really means that all the time because they may be charging you commissions and they may be taking care of themselves more so than they're taking care of you. Now, huh. now the industry has changed a lot, so I mean, there, I think there's a lot less of that, but there still is a lot because everybody calls themselves a financial planner, whether whatever, whatever whether you're selling insurance, stocks, or, uh, or or just even in a lot of bankers, they call themselves or in CPAs, they call themselves financial planner. Now, some of them don't deal in in, in uh, investments, and some do, and some do deal in insurance, but, but everybody's calling themselves a financial planner, and and so it's a field that's really just expanded in a way, but, but then there's no real succinct de- definition, like my wife is a nephrologist, she's a kidney doctor, and nobody else in the, <laughs> nobody else in the medical field calls themselves a kidney doctor because they don't have the specific training that she has. I see. But a financial planner, it's a, yeah. it's, it's a broad, broad <laughs> field. You can, you can do a hundred different things and call yourself a financial planner and you don't, and you don't, you don't sell any you know, right. deal stocks or, or help invest money. In the sense, I can say I'm a financial planner, but I'm not covering a board, I'm not covering the full board of financial advice that I could give. I'm probably only dealing with this. Would you say that it would be bene- it would be more beneficial to the industry if people were very specific, like your wife? Hey, I am a kidney doctor, or <laughs> as a financial advisor, I'm not a fin- I'm a fin- I am a financial advisor to this specific field of finance. Yeah, and that the, like the CFP, the Certified Financial Planner, has tried to do some of that. That's one of the okay, yeah, one of the. Uh, Schoolings that you can get as a certified financial planner. One, the the person I worked with, she was a financial plan, certified financial planner, and the the issue that I had there is is that again she still charges insurance or charges commission, and oftentimes I didn't find that the investment knowledge that that she had was very helpful to me. So, so, so then there's. <laughs> There, but I think it is improving. I do think the the field is the field is getting better and better. But there's just there's just a lot of history in in, in brokerage and, and, and doing stock trading and things like that. So there's a lot of this that's that's been in flux for the last ten years, fifteen, well maybe twenty years, but especially last ten years because they were President Obama was putting in. To the uh, into effect the fiduciary standard. Well, that was that was that's been pulled out, mm. and it's not as strong as what what was being proposed at the end of his administration. Gotcha. Because the last four years they they pulled a lot of that fiduciary responsibility out. So, with whether we get back to that or not, I don't know. The benefits of having the responsibility is. The avoidance of fraud, or is it just so? Again, me being somebody new to the realm of finance, it's eliminating the potential of me being taken advantage of, or minimizing. 
Yeah, that the incentive for the financial advisor, when, as, as a fiduciary, the incentive for me is to take care of the client. There is no incentive for me to sell you a particular product. There's no incentive for me to move you from one product to another for financial gain. For me, all my all all of my incentive is only for the client. Gotcha. Now, of course, I do charge a fee for that. It's a flat fee. Sure. And when the client does better, then I do better. Yes. But in the past, it it was as simple as, and this was what was happening in the past, and, and it's outlawed now. It's called churning. And so back in the like days, butter? Of the, <laughs> like like, yeah. how to do it? Like um, the like an example would be uh, like NCR and IBM. We're both two computer companies way back. Some of the first ones out. Yep. Well, back in back in the day, the brokers then they would get a commission by selling you stock. So they maybe would sell you a hundred shares of IBM. Well, then at the end of the year. IBM and NCR, maybe they're similar. They were similar companies in a sense back then. Yep. And their price fluctuation wasn't changing a lot. It was kind of going in the same pattern. And so then a broker would then convince the client, well, let's just move you into NCR because it's the same thing. And, and we think maybe it has more potential. And of course, then the broker gets money by changing you from one stock to the next. And it's the and it may be similar, but of course we know now that NCR didn't go, NCR didn't do as well as, as I did. Nope. But but it, but they would do this type of churning gotcha. for the commission, just just based basically for the commissions. They would just move people to similar types of stocks. And so so with the way I work with people, if, if I if I move if I we move any investments, I don't make any money. It's it's always the same. It's only. When your money increases, then I that increases the amount that I make by a small. Well, and that would, that makes more sense to me as an outside person looking in. The idea I've done sales, so we always talk about the commission on sale. That is, you know, being a person who is providing you a service, my customer service, to getting you to the point of sale that you are looking for. You are looking for this particular item and something that's going to work for you, and this is what it is, and you know, walking through the assortment of things to make sure that you get the best product. Mm. And you get the best product, you go and you buy that, and then I get a commission off of that. What did you sell? Oh, uh, man, what didn't I sell? <laughs> uh, thank you, sir. Did you get everything you ordered? Yes, I did. Um, let's see. So I used to sell alarms door to door. <laughs> I used to sell uh, wine. I used to sell um, like these little uh, tinctures of like uh, agave or not agave. It was um, it was a like a it was a fruit that was supposed to be super a, a kai berry. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a big thing. Uh, yeah, sunglasses. Uh, <laughs> jewelry. Uh, worked for a guy called named Eric Andrews. He sold uh, Swarovski crystals and 99.992, silver, Swarovski silver, or Swarovski crystal, and sterling silver. Not sterling silver. It was like Italian silver. Anyway, used to sell that. Um, I was the push for his, uh, his cleaning product. 
for cleaning jewelry. I would go to different uh, events and like you know be that guy bringing <laughs> people into the booth and whatnot. Um, but that was, you know, that was my experience on sales in the concept of what it was for commission. So like, the idea of commission on sales for, you know, goods and services, on like a pen, or you know, if you're coming into as a customer to a a store, you know, I understand the idea of commission. I I, I think because it's only a one-time thing. I'm only dealing with this customer maybe this one time when they come in. And then once they come in, they buy the thing and then they're gone. Versus where a, finance, a financial advisor, you're probably with them for the extent of their life. Right, right. And you know if you're you know in if you're older then however that works, you're with that person for a while. I would imagine. Mm -hmm. And if you're a good financial advisor, I would imagine that you know you're dealing with a lot of different portfolios, so to speak, of this person's investments. Um, and so the idea of commission always did weird me out in that sense because it's like, well, your success is based on my success, so you putting me in the best place for my success benefits you. Why would I need to pay you more? If, like, a, like a tax, it's like being taxed twice, it sounds like. Yeah, well, and, and one thing I would add too about commission sales in, in selling stocks, so like, like an example, Berkshire Hathaway stock. I own Berkshire Hathaway, and I've owned it for, I've owned Berkshire for over 15 years. Wow. So now there's an example where commission was actually, would be, and I didn't pay very much of a commission because I bought it online too, like what we're doing now. Gotcha. I think back at the time I bought it, it was, the commissions were down to five bucks or something for E-Trade rate. Okay. So, that, that's some of the best commission I've ever spent because I've owned that stock for over 15 years and so I only paid once and I'm done. So yep. there there is some case where it makes sense okay. to purchase on commission. So I don't want to completely trash it. But I do think that just when a salesperson is driven by commissions, I think it, it's just one has to be very very uh, alert to it and and what I, I I try to do with any client is I just I like to be as transparent as possible so if someone is transparent to me and says here's this product that I'm selling and I get this much commission and not only you know do I get this commission but I do get trail the trails which is commissions if you keep the product yes for the next five years and that's typically in insurance so as long as someone discloses that to me then 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 and 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 to me, it goes with a lot of things that that I just wish that, that people would be transparent about what the competitor does, too, or what, what other things are available. And typically, that's the problem in sales. Is they, they don't teach you that in sales. They don't want you, you. You're not supposed to be telling people all these other alternatives. They only want you to talk about what yours is. Gotcha. You're not and, supposed to be progressive, like the insurance you're supposed to right. just nope, sell us, and that's it. And and so you know, as long as as long as, uh, as as someone is very transparent, here's the here's the amount of commission, here are the trails, here are the other expenses. If it if it's not in tiny print somewhere where I have to go, to me blow you know blow that up and show me. And th this is one of the things that that I think are the consum consumer protection uh, bureau 
is, has worked on, like in, in credit cards, is a real good example. Okay. I worked at a bank when I first started financial advising. I was at Bank of America. And uh, whenever we sign someone up for a credit card, in today's, in, in today, in today when, when you sign somebody up, you have to disclose all of the interest rates that they they have to pay and everything. Sure. And back when I first started with the credit card, they didn't disclose. I mean, it was in the small print, but nobody really knew. And 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 a brother of mine, I remember when he he started talking to me about credit cards. This is in the 1980s, and uh, he had bought a you know a thousand dollar stereo or something, and and uh, he was showing me this stereo and I'm like, oh yeah, how much did that cost? Mike, I only have to pay 20 bucks a month on this. Oh, <laughs> and, and you know, yeah. And so, I mean, wow. that's, that's how little we understood credit cards back right. in those days. Right. And, and we're now, I mean, they have to disclose, here's how much, they have to put it in big numbers. Yeah. And they still don't do that in the insurance industry and in, the, in, the, in a lot of time, in com- a lot of commission industries. And, and so I think, you know, if, if they do full disclosure, and then, you know, oftentimes if you ask them, they may say, oh, oh, here's what it is. But are they truly being, are they giving full disclosure? You never know because it's not in big, bold print somewhere that you see it all. Right. And to me, that's where, that's one thing that I would like to see us disclose more is, for, you know, force companies... Because when, when you buy when you buy just a you know a a thing of cereal, mm-hmm. it shows all of the ingredients in there. It doesn't show well. Here's you know here's the good ingredients in big, you know big, and then real tiny. Oh yeah, by the way, sugar, <laughs> more sugar and more sugar. So so it's it's kind of the you know I think it's the same thing. I'd like to see this industry get cleaned up by more disclosure. And then with more disclosure, more opportunity for people to be better educated as right. to how they're spending their money and what they're spending, maybe what they're spending the money on. Yeah, the repercussions of not being on point or on top of what they're paying, what they're buying. Yeah. Can I ask a question slash yeah. share a thought? Please. It just, well, how you describe certain industries having to disclose certain things this makes me kind of think about like so all this is under some sort of government regulation of some sort right you know it almost makes me think of like the, you know it's the power of, of lobbying and whatnot of you know why this why the why does the credit card industry have to disclose all the things in big numbers but yet insurance doesn't because in a sense it all is trickling up to government level at some sort you know if you, one one had lobbied harder if you know maybe a little bit more corruption in this section versus that section you know that's just kind of immediately where my brain goes you know any thoughts on that i'm not sure if i let me rephrase so you're, you're saying is there more corruption in some industries versus others because of lobbying yeah yeah because why you know in a sense it would be nice if everything was disclosed, but in, and I even like when you mentioned the sugar and the food. I I am passionate about food and cooking and, and knowing about food, and I know that there's vast corruption in that industry. Mm-hmm. And so, in a sense of yeah, has has you know certain parts of lobbying made the credit card industry have to disclose 
all their fees versus the insurance industry not having to or um, I don't know if you can shed any yeah. light on that yeah and that, that is a good I don't know really why I don't know why uh, they did focus on I think one of the reasons why they focus so much on credit cards remember in college probably in your college they were giving credit cards out to yeah, students yeah. so I think that's that's probably why credit cards got you know really some of the first scrutiny and I mean the person that I was so behind during the presidential uh, election was Elizabeth Warren. I think Elizabeth Warren is one of the most incredible people on the political stage now. She she is the one that really championed the, 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 the financial uh, group in the, in, in the cabinet. It did for, seem like she was pushing she a is, lot towards that. That has really always been her niche is, uh, is to go towards fairer and more transparent finance and that's one reason I was so so behind her I think that she would have been phenomenal and and I think but I do think that you're right though with lobbying I think that you know we've got so many big lobbying groups up there and it is kind of in a sense amazing how they got credit card disclosures in, in the system because that's some of the biggest lobbyers in the world, especially in the United States. You, know, you look at those three big banks. Yeah. I mean, they are enormous in lobbying, and I'm sure they did not want that at all. And yet, uh, the scrutiny that they're put under for, for credit cards, at least, is is enormous. So, um, so yeah, I, I do think it is uh, it is lobbying, uh, and, and it's just. Maybe it's how widespread the problem is, and because because credit cards became so big in our society, candy. Yeah. and and the number amount of credit card debt that was out there, and people that that, uh, that that were exposed to that in bankruptcies because of it, I think that's probably why that surfaced to the top over the lobbying and and the insurance. Uh, you know, it's, it's, Oftentimes it's kind of a small thing, and people are still getting their insurance, and so you know, there, there just isn't as much scrutiny, I think, because there aren't enough people complaining about being uh, right. I guess is what yeah. my answer is. Well, thank you. Well, that's been the thing. Like, as of late, I feel like I have had much better understanding as to my financial spending and just my financial lane, so to speak. Um, but there are still a bunch of things that I struggle with when it comes to, you know, if, if I have money to invest, how do I do that? You know, um, who do I go to? What's the, what's the best case, you know, direction at this moment? What's the market look like? Is Bitcoin or cryptocurrency the right route to go? Are there other avenues, you know? And these are things that, unless you are asking, they're not readily available to you. And if you aren't savvy enough to venture out, so again, the transparency, most companies seem to just want to say, hey, I've got this thing for you take it, have fun with it, 
but they don't tell you all the other stuff they expect you to go and find and venture and, and do this. And if you don't know how, or you don't know the resources you can reach out to to get that information, mm -hmm. it's very easy to get caught underneath. I had one credit card my first time in the military, used it to try and pay for a car that I wanted, and realized, bless you, that it was not the right route to go, even though my, my dad at the time was telling me, nope, walk away, walk away. And I was like, well, you know, but I never had the why. It was never explained to me the why. And I realized that there's probably a great deal of people who never had the why explained to them, never had it shown, um, given that most people are visual learners, also hands-on, you know. Yeah. Sure, I can show you visually, hey, this is a chart, this is why you don't want to do this. But it's like, okay, what does that look like? What are the steps I would go through to do that thing? And there aren't enough people doing that. And then, again, the transparency, the, the, well, this is what I get from this as your advisor or as this person supporting yeah. you. This is what it looks like for me, you know. So, do you want to keep going? <laughs> you, want, you know, I just, I don't think there is a lot of that. And I, I can appreciate the fact that that is something that you see because I think a lot of us as of late are seeing, you know, I say us, uh, people who have not been brought into the financial realm to a degree that they can become successful uh, in the pursuit of financial freedom for themselves. That is a struggle. That's something that I'm struggling with, but I seek too. Reason why I even reach out to you, <laughs> right. but but you have been an advocate for it. You've been very open about that, and I think it's because of that that even was encouraged to talk to you. Because otherwise, I had other people I had talked to, but there was always this unease because it was like, well, they want me to do this, but it's like, okay, but what is this like? What is this? I, I'm curious about this realm. Why can't you talk about this? Why do you always go here? Term yeah. life. Not, you know, hey, uh, what is it, infinite banking or all of these other avenues that could be done. That is good. Yeah, and, I, and so, yeah, if, I think that, that's one, maybe that's one red flag. If, 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 if someone is leading with a product, that's a red flag. I would go, I would go hey, wait a minute. That, you want me to get into insurance, but I haven't even paid off a million dollars in bills or something. Sure. Yeah. But, um, so, so kind of, you know, probably getting more to the question that, that you're having, and more what probably people are listening for is, is what would my recommendation? First step. My my first step is is design yourself a financial strategy. Hmm. So there's there's what we call financial plan yep. and a financial strategy. A financial plan is is part of the strategy, but the financial strategy. You can look this up online. There are different financial strategies available. The one what I what I use is one I think I showed to you earlier. Is is basically a three bucket strategy. Number one, money that you need within the next six months. Yep. So basically, we want to have a, an account that's very stable, where we we have money in there that. In case we lose our job or our car breaks down, we have money readily available so that I can survive however long it takes to get a new job. So if it's three months, if it's six months, I should have that amount of money in bucket one. Bucket number two is then is not long, long-term expenses, but within the next couple of years, 
I want to take a trip with my new girlfriend somewhere. I want to go overseas. So I'm going to put some money in this account to save for that. And you can set this up as different bank accounts up to the bank, or you, yeah. can, you can do it online. You can set up different accounts. But these, are, these two accounts should be pretty stable as far as... They're, they're, they're typically not going to be stock investments because gotcha. you want them to... Those, those are things that you're going to need the money for in a short order. You order want the assurance. Yeah. Gotcha. And then the third bucket, now that is longer term. So that's 10 years and beyond. And so then that bucket takes a lot more uh, a lot more detail to write into that. And 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 so that that bucket you're deciding, you know, when do I want to retire? Do I want to retire early? And I, I've used the term fire, financial independence, retire early. And yes. I think younger, yeah, that's... younger people like, like you, I think, are thinking of that more than... I just didn't even think of that until later in life. And I mean, I have now achieved fire, but, but it wasn't something that I was looking at when I was in my 20s, that in my 50s I want to achieve fire. So... So now that I have achieved it, I want to encourage others think about it, yeah. about doing that. And so, in that third bucket, then then you're those monies. How can I, how can I make more and more money? So that's going to have a lot of pieces to it. It may have an insurance piece to it to protect the monies you have and the assets you have. It will, and and I I'm a term insurance person. Uh, so term insurance is insurance that it's not whole life. You're paying just for the just for the insurance piece. You're not you're not trying to attach investments to it, gotcha. paying commissions or anything like that. And then and then I think that the some maybe some real estate because that's a lot of people's goal. They want to own a home, so a, a, a home could be a part of that. And and then and some stock or your four hundred one k that you have right. is is an investment in there. And um, and then and then maybe maybe there is a, a piece of like more risky stuff like Bitcoin or something. And the, the thing I think about each of the buckets, but the third one especially, is is that we have to be diversified in that bucket. And if I'm all in stocks and I'm all in Berkshire Hathaway, that is one that is that is a very diversified company because they own Apple, they own uh, they own a, a, te- a tennis shoe company, they own Coca Cola, a lot of Coca Cola. Yeah. So they have a, they they are a diversified. It's almost like a mutual fund in a sense. So that's not really the the best example. But if I were to just put all of my money in Tesla, then then maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna make it big, and right. maybe you know maybe something happens, and and, right. and that company either flattens out or, or, or doesn't do so well. Uh, it looks like they're gonna be one of the leaders in it, so. Uh, I don't. I don't see them as somebody's family, but I still. I'm not going to put all of my money into Tesla. I'm going to put a portion into Tesla and a portion into different companies, and that's where I have index funds that I invest my money. So, so each one of these is just a sliver: real estate, stock investments, insurance, Bitcoin, and then another one that a lot of people don't think about also is a business. Is we, if, if I want to, if I want to eventually have my own business, or I do have a business, well, then that's in that third bucket because that is a long-term asset that eventually, hopefully, you would be able to sell that business. That anytime one goes into a business, that should be the way of thinking of it. My dad owned a business, and and he owned it for uh, 
all of my growing up life together yeah. for 20, 20 years. And he always he, he always thought of it as just a job. And and that mm. it was it was very successful in it. Yeah. He, he ran that business in the east side of Sioux Falls for twenty years. And he was successful at it. But the problem was is because he didn't see it as an investment and that that then he needed to continue that investment. Right. He pulled the money out and he, he he used that money up. He retired early around fifty six. Oh wow. But he, he ended up he died within uh, he died around fifteen years later. And I think it was partially because he didn't really have, he didn't have this goal. It didn't have, he didn't yeah. have the passion anymore. Did and so, had the planning or the strategy gone into that business? Strategy. <laughs> strategy. Just gonna say, that's awesome. <laughs> yep. You know, if he if he had uh, if he had had that, I I really think that that would have made an, an enormous difference in his uh, in his life, and and he may have even. Then turn that business over to us kids, but he didn't even. He had we had I have four four there are four boys in there, okay. my sister. Yeah. So there's five kids, and we none of us have been have gone into uh, uh, our own business besides me. Right. I, and I went late late in life. I started my own, and and I think it's because he you know he got so frustrated with the business later in life. And so, with the right planning and, and, and a good strategy around this, and, and well, the other thing I wanted to talk about with the business is, yes, is it, it should be, you know, it's it's a diversification piece. There may be at a younger age, and a lot of a lot of the successful people we see now, Facebook and people like this. I mean, they they're all in on those businesses, so yes. so they're not probably very diversified. And but we don't really know the whole story about them either. Yeah. Maybe mom and dad are saying, hey, go all in and, and we're going to support you. So there is diversification there because they actually got mom and dad saying, we're going to, we're going to back you. If it, goes, if it completely goes under, we're going to back we you. Gotcha. So yeah. that, is, that to me is diversification. Where if I have nothing, and I had clients uh, when I was at the bank that would have a, a 401k and they, they got uh, laid off from their job yeah. and they're going to take their ten, twenty, or $50,000 and they're going to go invest in this business that their brother-in-law told them about. Well, first you're going to pay a penalty for taking that money out and you're going to pay the tax on it and then you're going to go put it into something that, that is very risky and it's difficult to talk somebody out of that when, they're, when, they're, when they've been frustrated at their work for 10, 20 years. They've hated their work. Right. And now they got laid off, and they've got a brother-in-law that's like, "Hey, you know, come and join me, or, or start your own business doing this." And and you know, if if he was if, if like this client would have been if he was at 20 years old and he was going to go do it with 50,000, it'd be a different conversation than somebody like this get gentleman that's at 50 years old, and you're going to take. Forty thousand dollars and invested into some a truck, and, and you're going to start hauling stuff. You know, it's it may be the most successful thing, but you're you're putting everything into that. And That's, so, is that that being the difference between a twenty-year-old who could probably recover because they have time versus right. somebody who's fifty who might not have the ability to recover right. from that? Right. Mm. So I think you know diversification in that third bucket I think is so important and. And then the other thing, you know, that 
then maybe this is kind of to lure people in more is, is because I know my initial conversation doesn't have help somebody that's just sitting here and I got no money. Sure. But I really do think that 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 going against maybe some of the the, the education that's out there as well, eliminate your debt first or eliminate this first. I think you have to have all three of those buckets going all the time. Maybe maybe you're only putting only putting 10 bucks in each one a week or a month but right. if you're putting money into those <clears throat> then you're in that then it gets you in the right mindset that hey I am planning for I'm planning for if I lose a job I'm planning for a trip yeah. and I'm planning for my retirement slash business whatever and so to me I think that that we need we need to plan all three of those and just put money towards those and that's why I think it is a good idea to probably set up different accounts for those so that I see the progress that I'm making on that yeah. on a regular basis. And I mean, one, one thing that you mentioned too about <clears throat> just tracking expenses. Uh, I've had people that wanted me to, to give them money to, to help them out on paying their rent or something like that. And I've done that, but the requirement I always have is, is now you're, if I'm going to give you this money, you're, you are going to track your expenses for the next three months, and then I want to see exactly how you're tracking the money. And it's not really for my benefit. It's really for them to see, wow, I spend $500 a month on fast food. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people, they don't recognize that they're spending that kind of money on restaurants or yeah. or just or gas driving around to yeah. the restaurants and stuff. But when you start seeing it and, and, and you just write it out, it makes an enormous difference. I hand out a, I think I... Yes, I have one of those. To help people track yep. I didn't bring them so, with me. It's okay. But, no. uh, but I think, so I think, you know, setting up the three buckets and, and yeah, you know, you do want to work on your debt, but I think you also have to have these three buckets to say, hey, I am making it. And, and one other thing on that third that third bucket is there there is a there is a great um, YouTube um, uh, video out there. Um, our is it our financial life? I'll get the name to you. Again. Yeah, yeah. Our financial future or something. Th this couple they they talk about fire, and they their goal was to retire at 40 years old, and they they accomplished it. They moved to Portugal now. And they were doing, so talking about that third bucket, they were doing all kinds of things and the opportunity to do things now. I mean, you can do Etsy. You can, you can rent your car out. You can rent your garage out to, to, for people to do storage. You can, you can go serve meals to people and, or you can have people come to your house and have them pay you for meals. There, there, you know, there are apps that you can sign on to to make money and, and you can do Uber and, yeah. and Lyft is one other it's kind of opened the door, I think, yeah. to a lot of. You can make money in a lot of different ways, and they, they, these two were hardcore. She was an, she's, she was an attorney, and he worked for, the, I think, the federal government. They're like, we're going to retire more forty. They had rentals. They were, they were doing some of these little things like renting their garage space out that people were using the space. I mean, there are innumerable amounts of things that you can do. Right. Yeah. So in that third bucket, maybe you're doing, you know, little businesses like that. And that's bringing in some income, and they've turned it into a business now, where they advise people on how to move to Portugal. You can go to their site, and they have you this pay. You I think need. you pay three or four hundred dollars, yeah. and they'll give you all the information in a class on how to move to Portugal. Wow. 
So, you know, and like you're, I think you, you I don't know if you consider this a business, but to me, this, this In a way, yes. it has a potential to be a business. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if you're making money on it now, but it's a... I have 10 bucks that 10 I have <laughs> inside of the account, but that is from all of the other posts that I have put on this okay. as of late. So the idea, though, for me is... I don't want to. I don't want to confine it to this particular app that I'm using. At some point, I would like to be able to do it on my own and then gain the um, financial support outside. So, going to different businesses like this and saying, "Hey, this is what we do. Yeah. I would love to advertise because you have great food." Um, what can we do to make this connection? Because then, you know, part of being broadcasting and talking about the food, um, being able to set up and be here an hour early so that you know minimize some of the outside. I love the outside noise. I love the ambiance about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But to you know make it a little bit more uh, exclusive in a sense, the atmosphere. Um, there's ideas for it, um, but it is one of those things that you know I. It's just a start, and this is literally the fifth one we've done. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, give me a moment. I'm also running. I'm running for. Oh yes, yes he is. District, district. Yes, he is my district. And, and that, I mean that. That it's funny how long it's taken me, in a sense, to realize. I mean that. That's really what I want more than. I just want everybody. I just want transparency in, 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 in everything. And and I know that. There are certain aspects of government that, okay, we can't disclose certain things because of security things. And I'm all for that. Like where they hide the aliens? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to see these damn aliens, man. I want to know. Or, to or, know. or where, where our governor hides her flight logs because of security. Come on. I mean, give me a break. There is no security except for the fact that, I mean, if somebody were out to, uh, you know, attack her right. or something and like that, that, yeah. that might be some way to just but but there's no reason to not disclose well yeah you went to this campaign event this event with a, a, you know a south dakota airplane yeah it's owned by us and so yeah. <clears throat> but then there's so much like that in, in government that, that happens even i mean at our city council level uh, there there are candidates out there now and i won't make names i won't give names out but there sure. are candidates that that's that's what all they're looking for and there are very few that are saying Let's let's be transparent about this decision we're making. Yeah. And they and, and the people that are that are asking for that transparency are so much the minority. And 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 part of the reason I think why is 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 maybe because we don't pay these people enough, and it's a part-time job. Because you send all these people. I don't know if you guys listen to anything. If, if, if I was you, former Air Force. What's that? I was former Air Force. Air Force. I don't know if you're talking about being in the military or no. Going no, I mean listen, listening okay. to the. Listening. I'm, form, uh, Not I'm former Army Reserve. Ah, for, yeah. Listening to the legislatures oh, yeah. up there, and and you listen to a session and, and you see a committee session, and and one of the issues that I I went and presented on was uh, uh, reform of the sentencing of adolescents. If an adolescent commits a crime, yeah. then in the, the judge's hands are tied off and. If it's a murder, that they have to give them life with no parole. So you could be 18 years old and, and you kill somebody, and, and it might. I, I mean, the situations are all different, but but at 18 years old and you're committed, you're you're you cannot be, you cannot leave in our system. There's no parole. Yeah. So 
unless that judge comes back and changes his decision, you're in for life. Yeah. So they were. <clears throat> so there was a judge. His name is Senator Rush, and he was proposing to change or, or allow not to change that that setup because he knew that would be difficult to try and change that. He was just trying to make it so that if someone has already been convicted, let's give them the chance for parole at 20, after 25 years of service. So somebody is 20 years old, I know, I know, I work with a prisoner up there now, Yeah, he's, he's in his 30s, and he committed a crime, he committed a murder at 20 years old. Yeah. And so it, not until almost 50 years old would he be able to even try for parole. Right. And uh, that was all that the, the law was. He got it past the Senate, then it went over to the House, and it went into a committee. And only one or two people asked questions about it. Mm -hmm. They presented, I think, a good case. I made a presentation. And when it got to discussion, they didn't discuss anything that we really presented to them. They One, one, one senator even made a joke about something that was stated. And, uh, and then then the one senator that's or the one house member that is kind of the the person that everybody listens to according to this topic yeah. and that's kind of what you see up there is that basically there's one person that does most of the talking and the, the rest of the people don't do much at all and so and there might be a, you know, a little bit here and there and it depends upon the topic whether they have interest or whether they had a chance to study it or they work in the field but most of them didn't say anything. Yeah. And then that one senator that was doing most of the talking said, let's just put this to the 41st day, which means basically kill it. So in the committee, it made it, this is the second time he's tried to do this. And I think that there was another senator that was trying to do this before. So here it's up there for the second time. And it's passed the Senate before and it's passed the Senate twice. I mean, doesn't it isn't there, shouldn't there be an opportunity for this to at least just go to the House floor and let's right. get a vote on it? But the way these, to me, these committee members, they, they somehow feel like they're, they're judge and jury on anything. Yes. And, and, and to me, it shouldn't be that way. It should be, hey, you're, you're a committee, and you should just look at, at, the, at, at the, the way that this has gone and look at the person who's proposing it. This guy's a judge, was a judge, and he's a retired judge, and he's sentenced hundreds, maybe thousands of people to prison, and he feels like this is this is something that needs to be done, and he's he's on it his second year, and he's made amendments to it to approve it, you know, to make it more approved. Yeah. And 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 you don't even put it out for a vote. Right. And they and and they do that because it's just e I think it's just easier. Well, instead of getting put on the record that I supported, I supported. Uh, more leniency towards prisoners. Yeah. I don't want that to be on my record. So it's easier just to say, let's put it to the 41st day. So I'm not really saying yes or no to it. But I'm not, I'm, well, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying yes. It's never going to be on my record that I voted for leniency <laughs> for prisoners. <laughs> I mean, this is the, the, the environment we're in. Yeah. And, and, and so the, this tra transparency issue there to me is, is just horrendous. And, 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 and the lack of uh, concern, I think a lot of it relates to the money we pay. It's a part-time job, and the city council, I think, is really even much worse. In that sure. It's, sure. It's a part-time job for those folks, and, and uh, most of them have other careers that they're really trying to move up in 
banking. You know, we, we tend to have a lot of people in banking at our city council. So they want to move up in banking or they want to move up in real estate and they want to get more more uh, things from the, from the city government so they can develop more or whatever. And, and, and I, I get that. But, but then you have concerns, like you say, you're, then you're, you're truly more concerned about your career and not the city's. And, and, and it's easy for us as humans to say, well, you know, if, if the city develops on my property on the east side of town instead of Joe Blow's property on the west side of town, it's going to help the city better because we should, we really need to move out east. And I mean, I got a dog in the game, so that's, that's really why I want to develop east. Yeah, it might help the city out, and there might be facts that show that it helps better develop on the east than the west. But, but you have a dog in the game, and so to me, you should be, you should be excluding yourself from the conversation, right? Completely. But should they don't do that. Conflict of interest that doesn't seem to be accepted, or doesn't seem to be acknowledged in that realm, because to them it's like, well, I mean, it's really part of it still, kind of, even though it's a blatant conflict of interest yeah. and we aren't acknowledging the fact that that's a thing almost to uh, almost eliminating transparency so that nobody does see that because if you take that concern out then it's like well that's no that's not really an issue that's no that's not. and then and then and then there's the fact of just how much work are you going to put in if I'm a if I'm a council a council member and it's a part-time job and I've got my other job really how much work can can I expect to do if I'm a, if I have a family to take care of? I do my regular job and then I'm on city council. I mean, I'd be lucky if you could get ten, maybe twenty hours a week, maybe mm -hmm. out of that. And so all the research that needs to go into each item that's being that's being proposed and debated. And so I think a lot of folks walk into it and they're like, well, I just don't have the time to deal with this, so I'm just going to go with what the mayor says or. <laughs> and and I'm and, and that seems to be what's happening in this current council. It's just neglect. It's just I'm just gonna check the box because to me there was a lot of there, there was that really showed its ugly head during the pandemic when a lot of these council members they had made their mind up prior to a lot of the sessions and and they didn't even they they would not budge and it's like come on so. That's that's, that's that's another topic. No, that's right. You know, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing, transparency. Yes, and I think that that is, if there is something that un, that underlines a lot of the struggle we have been dealing with, not just as America, as America, but as people, humanity, right? It has been the struggle with being transparent. So the concept of this in itself was having a foundation for men to have a place to speak vulnerably and be open right because at least what i found it's not really been a big thing most men out here are not that not to their fault because what they have had to go through and deal with generationally what you're introduced to is what you know i grew up around women i was raised by women so for me it was very apparent that being open was a thing right there's the varying degrees of openness and vulnerability that they have and sometimes they would do it to their advantage because that's just how that works sometimes. But then when you realize that your ability to be open and being very real about the struggles that you're dealing with, it almost continually opens the door for more opportunities for connectivity with people. And I've 
I have only seen it to a benefit. Yes, you have people who will try to take advantage of that, but if you are open and transparent and honest about it, almost all the time you will be able to see it. And I guess that's the difference between being open and naive and being open and just real. Like, it, I'm not gonna be naive about the things that people are about or the things that may happen. But if I'm open and honest about me, I, I, in a sense, you're almost not untouchable, but there's really not anything that can hurt you because, hey, oh, oh you made fun of something that I was already talking to other people about. Good for you. Like, what are you going to do, right? Um, but we are afraid to be open like that. And so that fear translates higher up. And it almost seems as if the higher you go, you see how much more hidden things are because there's more stuff hidden. There's more people hiding things that they don't want to express because probably what they've had to do to get to that. So to see that, to hear it, to know that that's something that as you know, somebody who's running, somebody is just somebody who who understands that, it's it's refreshing in a great way because I agree. You know, if we're not transparent about these things, if we're not open about them, how are we going to move forward? How are we going to get better? How are we going to improve? We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be at least upfront about the shortcomings. I, I don't mind going and marching off to do this thing, but I hate it more if you don't tell me what's on the other side of the bridge. <laughs> tell me what's on the other side of the bridge. I don't care. Tell me what's there, though, so that I can prepare myself. It makes it easier. It's less, uh, less a surprise. You know that that show, Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. <laughs> Somehow that just came up in my mind. That that is, you know, that, that's 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 such a, a show that talks, a movie that talks yep. a lot about uh, Odysseus. Yes. Is, is what that's kind of based off of. And I mean, the, and the, and the, the, the funny thing is, is that you know he was lying to them all along about that gold that he had buried or money he had buried. And uh, and so it ended up in almost killing all three of them, <laughs> but but luckily you know they, they, they you know they, they did survive. But uh, uh, that is uh, that that is uh, if, and if he would have just if he would in that case yeah, had he had told the truth those those two would not have come along with him. But so he kind of figured well they're they're not the smartest brightest <laughs> bulbs in the you know so I'm just going to kind of bring them along and, and that yeah that uh, yeah. If, you know? <laughs> well, I usually bring it back around with the Junto, but I think because we were talking about finance, because we were talking about something that doesn't just help us here, but also is, I think, impactful to everyone who's participating and who listens, I think that in itself could be something we can use and people can take with them. So bringing it back around, We'd like to set an intention for the week, something we can hold on to and uh, hold each other accountable on. Um, what is it that you have that you are looking to do or pursue intentionally? What do you have? What is it, what is it that, that uh, people can hold you accountable to? You know what? I guess one of the things I'm working on uh, right now is is really intentionally looking at my day and, and blocking time mm -hmm. off, so that because I'm trying to do multiple things. I'm running my own business. Yeah. I'm running a candidacy. Yeah. I'm uh, 
I'm taking an online yoga training that was developed by a physical therapist, so uh, I'm doing that. And I'm doing a, an online coaching uh, program. So so I have set up my schedule where okay. I try to block at least two hours for each one of those and then more hours for my, my clients. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, I'm just trying, that, I guess that's the thing to me is, is uh, to be accountable to is that did I spend my day doing and and take and then of course taking care of myself is first and foremost doing my own yoga or whatever workout I do doing that first and foremost some meditation and uh, doing some journaling and then and then doing that you know, doing a staying on task to, to try to do a little bit at least just a couple of, even if I spend just an hour on each a day right at least at least I've done a little bit because I find what happens and I think it's the same with finance that happened to me at one time but prior to achieving you know, financial independence is is well it's just easier just to kind of push I don't want to see that right now so it becomes this this elephant in the room that just all of a sudden eventually turns bigger and bigger. Yeah. And so, if I just take a piece off of it every every time, and uh, and and so with the same with these these tasks, if I just do a little piece, so with 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 uh, running for an election, if I just go out and talk to a few people once a day, or if I you know, if I do phone calls once a day, or I do a little bit of posting for a little bit each day, if I. Uh, yoga training if I watch a couple of videos that she has it's, it's, it's quite a bit of quite a bit of uh, video she's got and the same with the coaching if yeah. I do a little bit on that and, and that that both of those the nice thing about both of those is they help me internally both doing coaching and doing yoga training yeah uh, you know, so and then uh, and then the, the financial part making sure that that I'm reaching out to other people doing some marketing I'm starting some marketing things and, and continuing that marketing yeah. and then reaching out to my clients and making sure they're happy with what's happening because the market is in turmoil with this uh, Ukraine thing you know and so that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. all right all right Thanks. yeah thank you yeah thank you for sharing Darren what do you got well I guess this week the only thing that's out of the ordinary is I'm Switching up my, I don't like to call it diet, because diet's a terrible word. That's, uh, yeah. Um, I appreciate just, you for that, too. <laughs> I've gone, I mean, I've dabbled in many different eating styles and patterns. Um, this week, or this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to last more than a week. It's, I haven't put a timeline on it yet. I'm going to, um, and I can delve into why I'm doing this, but it might bore a lot of people, but I'm going to be eating about 95% just meat. Hmm. Um, Same. I, well, maybe not ninety-five percent, but yep, more yeah, meat than yeah, what I have. Yep. Yep. And um, I mean, I, I, you know, in the health and wellness circles, you know, it's referred to as the carnivore diet, and there's, I mean, very. I mean, I get drawn on about the benefits of it, but that's my thing. I have not done that before. Um, I mean, I love meat, but I have not gone to about eating ninety-five percent meat. Sure. Um, I mean, I don't think it's going to be hard or anything. Also, I'm going to, I mean, I've done a, a lot of intermittent fasting before in a sense of having a small compressed eating window. Yeah. Um, it's been, I haven't done that in about six months or so. Um, and so maybe getting out of the, the habit of having something, I usually typically work out 
you know, 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon and have something when I come home. That's been a nice thing, but I'll, you know, I might miss that meal. But um, I think in, in terms of switching like this, my mental, uh, you know, it's a lot of mental and I'm, I find my, that a skill I have, I can definitely turn things on and off, like a switch in my brain um, to do that. So I'm, really, I'm actually really looking forward to that and to... Um, just kind of a self-experimentation kind of a thing. So okay, yeah, all right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, intentions for me. So I just got done doing my consultation with uh, my trainer at Fit Body Bootcamp. I have jumped on and started my pursuit of physical fitness. I'll take a little half. Okay. Say. Go ahead. Yep. Just a little. I don't need too much. That's okay. good. That's good? Yep. Just one little. And you said about half? Yeah. You are one of the fittest. Thank yes, you so very you much. Yes, you are welcome. I will do the same. About half. About Thank half? You. Yes, please. Spectacular. Oh, man. Yeah, if you have a moment, would you be willing to share yeah, yeah. your thoughts on oh, here. working here at Josiah's? What's your thoughts? How have you, how's it been? What's your... What's your... I like it because you get to like interact with people and stuff and it's like a different variety of everybody. And yeah. I don't know. We're always busy, so it's like good. You guys are too. And I got to say, you guys have amazing staff. You guys are Aww. really, really on point with your like connections, yeah. talk, and Thank communication. You. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Well, we appreciate all of you guys coming in and supporting us. Thanks so. for sharing. Yes. The new... We have one's the new... Uh, you guys are closing. Yep. 21st? 21st through the 13th. See, I've been, doing, I've been doing my research. Yeah, but like this whole wall is going to be gone. Yeah, that's a good idea. And everything's going to be over by the window, so it's going to be like a lot better flow. I have a question. If yeah. I wanted to talk to the owner about a uh, project that I'm working on, how would I get a hold of him? I would email josiahs at events.com. Yeah, Josiah's at events.com, I think. Let me go get a business card to double check, too. And then just put in the subject, like, project, not event, because we don't do events. No, nope, that's fair. Okay, let me go get you a business card. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, because that would be, I, I saw one time, or you've probably seen that, there's some online podcasts that do it right out, outside of a coffee house. Yes. Yeah. And yes. I mean, so for you to do something like that and yeah. just sit and have conversation, especially when it gets warm, but even... You know, doing it indoors. Well, that's too. the idea. But so, like, yeah. So, having my intentions, working on my physical, right? So, and okay. it's funny that this is all a part of it. So, I read this book called Wellbeing, and it was it, it pinpointed the five core foundations of personal success. Uh, one of them was physical. So, my physical well-being, for the most part of my life, has always been pretty up to par. Um, the only issue is that I've never really worked on my physical strength so much. It was normal, just my own body weight, right? But I did a lot of extreme sports, rock climbing, downhill longboarding, like very putting myself in the face of, you know, injury most of the time. Um, but I'd never really worked on my physical self. So this is definitely going to be a new pursuit for me because it's also going to involve eating better. And I don't like using the term diet either because it's not. I'm gaining, so to speak. So changing my eating habits from where it was almost entirely carbs to where it is now going to be more meat-based and more protein in, involved is a huge thing. So holding myself accountable for that has been a big thing. I've got a book for that for you. So I gave it a little bit backwards, but there's the right. Or give that number a call anytime. Thank you very much. Yes, and the owner is Kitty or Tom Pepper. Okay. Yep. You're Tom Pepper. Yep. Katie? Kitty. Kitty. Kitty? Yep, Kitty. Kitty. Yep, K-I-B-B-I. Ha-ha! There you go.
first kibbe I've ever. I know that's definitely pepper. Pepper. <laughs> well, so and, and maybe bringing this back around to the second. So, like the second thing I've been wanting to hold myself accountable to has been this project um, with the ideas that I kind of conveyed to you at least putting in the effort to make the connections with the establishments that I have that I'm involving these conversations in you know MB Haskett like I lucked out knowing Mike beforehand yeah, yeah. Um, and then just kind of having a connection with Darren who you know he knows Mike because Mike's involvement with the food co-op um, right. you know so having like these these ties to people and I don't want to use the word capitalizing on them but cultivation I want to better cultivate those connections with them so that I can at least have the opportunity to establish this because I would love to have a conversation with the owner or the chef talking about the food. Uh, have a conversation with Mike about his, you know, his journey to getting to MB Haskett and having that. You know, how many people have done an expose on him like that? You know what I mean? Like these these establishments that have had a and been a foundation in this city. Um, God, uh, the Queen City Bakery, you know what I mean? Like people I worked for and have gained a great deal of experience from. Those are things that I want to pursue. Um, but holding myself accountable to doing the work, that's where I've been, you know, struggling. But as I have been doing this and as I've been connecting and we've been having these conversations, I have been holding myself more accountable to it. Um, and then work, you know, finding myself more intentional about the conversations that I have, making those connections, um, building the foundation of, of connectivity, having that be a thing so that I'm not, you know, concerned about my job. Um, and then financial, being more aware of where my finances are, how I'm spending my money, where my money is going, investing-wise. You know, because I had no idea about it until recently. And now, now it's like, man, I should really figure this out. Um, so yeah, these are you know these are some of the things. Uh, again, learning from learning from awesome individuals like you and you know you guys, where it's there's there's nothing wrong with having a lot of irons in the fire. Um, there's nothing wrong with having the irons in the fire as long as you are focused on each one of those. You can have too many. So find the the core four or five irons you want to focus on and then make the intention of putting the time in because I also struggle with that how do I block out time to dedicate to the things that I want to do I've been the most sporadic person of my life <laughs> right like there's another good topic right by the, by the by the what is it flying by the seat of my pants yeah like man but as of late, realizing the necessity of, of being more intentional of my time, how I spend my time, what I'm focusing on when I'm there, and how much time I'm allotting to it. So, those are my intentions. And I appreciate each and every one of you guys for being a part of this and know that I will be holding you accountable and I only ask that you do the same in return for me because um, that is, I think, what builds and cultivates amazing relationships with people. As, of, as I found as of late, so. Um, that is it. Uh, that concludes our Breakfast At Conversation episode for today, March 12th, 2020. Uh, 2022. 2020, sorry, 2022, <laughs> thank you. Ah, 
Those are two years. I don't know, man. Two years. I don't want to forget. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, March twelfth, twenty twenty-two, um, fifth episode. It has been a journey. It is going to continue to be a journey, and I am just grateful for the opportunities that have happened. So, Mike, thank you for yeah. being here. Thanks. Grateful, Thanks. Yeah, and right. you know, there will definitely be future episodes to go. If you are interested and would love to participate definitely. again, love yeah. to have you. Darren, as always, man, I am grateful to be on this journey with you, and I am looking forward to where it goes. And, you know, whether you are here in person or in spirit, it's grateful, always grateful to have you as a friend. Hopefully both. Hopefully both. Always. (laughs) Always. Well, because I, you know, I am aware that we are human and we have things that we on our own want to pursue. And if this becomes a thing where it, it's not always able to be participant in, I don't ever want it to feel like an obligation. Having you present is awesome. Having you in spirit, in a sense, just knowing that you're still out there doing your thing is just as much fun. Um, and that's you know what it needs to be, I guess. So that concludes our broadcast day. Major thanks go out to Darren Voss and Michael Huber for participating in today's conversation. I want to thank again Josiah's for being a wonderful location to eat and have great conversation. If you continue to like the content that we are posting here, please reach out to us at bfatsf at gmail.com. Send us an email if you'd be interested in participating in any upcoming episodes. We'd love to have you on and hear your perspective.